know this sound. This this music sounds very very familiar. I, I trying to picture where I where I normally am when when I when I might hear this. And, I think I got a grip now. Here we go. Hello, friends. It's been way, way, way too long. Welcome in to the 2017-18 final edition of Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RVA Sports Network. You might subtitle today's podcast the podcast where we discuss why we haven't had a podcast recently we have a lot to cover a whole lot to cover so we're not going to mince words or waste time because i know your time is precious and we don't want to make you sit through 75 minutes when 45 will do Uh, and I, i do mean we have probably 45 minutes of stuff to go over simply because it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk to you on this platform and we do want to take a little bit of time to talk to you about why You haven't heard Central Region now for the last couple of months um, and kind of give you an idea of where we are right now as we close the 2017-18 high school season with the RBA Sports Network and what may be happening going forward. Uh, But first, as always, it is about the kids and it is about the action. And we want to start by talking about state championship weekend. The first thing we need to do before we talk about anything on the field is we have to give huge kudos to, well, we'll begin with the two activities directors at Glen Allen and Deep Run High Schools. Mike Gian Cristoforo at Glen Allen, Michael Kidd at Deep Run. Now, let me set this for you to help you understand just what they have accomplished this weekend. And I know, and I'm going to get to everybody I can in just a few moments, it wasn't just the two of them. They were two of hundreds, literally hundreds of people who made it possible for the Spring Jubilees for Class 5 and Class 6 to come here to the RVA after many years up in Northern Virginia. But the process started, well, they've been talking about trying to make this a reality for well over a year. The actual physical process of getting the selection from the Virginia High School League and then beginning to plan everything you needed to do to make it happen was started way back last fall at the very start of this school year, and here we are nine months plus, ten months later, and uh, the the weekend is complete, and everything that I saw, I got to tell you, it was a sterling first-class success. Uh, There were no humongous major issues that I knew of. Uh, There were a couple of issues in terms of, of, of parking and Uh, getting people in and out from one place to another. But we had those problems in Northern Virginia as well because you got to remember you're playing your semifinals on Friday, and Friday's still a school day. So you've got that to worry about while you have the influx of fans coming in to watch all the state semifinals. So it's just like you can't expect to go up to FedEx Field and go watch a Redskins game and park your car, walk straight into the stadium, watch the game, go to your car, start it, and go straight onto the interstate and go home. It just doesn't happen. You're going to have to pack your patience with a few minutes. We are talking about 
people from all over the state. We are talking about people who've never been to the complexes before, and I can't tell you how many people I overheard this weekend. I've never been here to Glen Allen. This is fantastic. This is a beautiful facility. So I heard that on many occasions on Friday and Saturday. So just a Class A effort in a Herculean task. So to the team of Mike and Mike, I want to say thank you. But also, there were just about any activities director you could think of uh, in the Metro Richmond area was roaming around one of those two sites this weekend, making sure that everything was copacetic and everything was doing well and running smoothly. Thank the people at RMC Events for all of their help in terms of logistics and parking and ticking and security. Uh, I'm just, I'm telling you, just fantastic work. And we had great work uh, from the public address system. Of course, we got some of the best PA people in the state. Blake Petticord was up at soccer at Glen Allen. Great job by Doug Hines. Glen Allen on Friday for baseball, slipped over to deep run on Saturday for the championship games and and, and, and so many others as well. Uh, it was just a, a wonderful weekend, and I want to congratulate all of them and all of their volunteers, the athletic boosters who ran concession stands, you, you name it, the the custodial teams at both schools that kept the places looking great. I mean, late Saturday afternoon, you know, after tons of championship matches and fans coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out all day long, you, you think, you know, the place could be trashed or it could be just stuff all over the parking lot and, and you know, and, and nothing. You, it looked just as good Saturday evening as it did Friday morning when they first opened up for business. A phenomenal job. And our hats off to all of you for a job well done. We thank you so much for the effort that you put in. Now, to the effort put in on the field. No, there was some surprise stories this year when we got into postseason play, maybe none more so than in baseball. You know, there were some teams that we expected to do well, like Goochland in Class 2, Powhatan and Dinwiddie possibly in Class 4 if they could get past Hanover and end their long reign, and that did happen. In Class 5, we had the Cinderella run of Deep Run, but we also had the return of Prince George. And in the end, in the regional final, Deep Run was able to take advantage of of a poor, frankly, a poor Royals defensive performance last Friday night to win the region. But boy, did Prince George right that ship. And they got up early, and they got insurance runs late, and they uh, got back at Deep Run in the state semifinals, and then they put together a phenomenal game on Saturday uh, to beat Potomac 8 nothing and win the Class 5 State Baseball Championship. What a 30-minute run for Prince George High School uh, about midday Saturday. And I have an article right now up on rvasportsnetwork.com that deals with a couple of different issues. One of them is the, the special camaraderie that you find in Prince George County, uh, the special feel of community that is there. And I can speak to that firsthand because some of you know, many of you don't. Uh, I am also a second-generation ordained minister. And I served as pastor of a church in Prince George County from 1996 to 2005. And I learned a ton about the community that is Prince George County. And you might be in Disputana. You might be in Garysville. You might be near the courthouse. You might be closer to Carson. You might be on the doorstep of Fort Lee. Really doesn't matter where you are in Prince George County. You're a royal. And uh, there is great pride in that county, and uh, they they had a phenomenal day on Saturday. And, and part of that is the fact that it's family. 
It's family in terms of blood in some cases, and in many cases it's family forged on the baseball field and in the practice facility and in the weight room and in the classroom and on the buses traveling to games. And So if you go to rvasportsnetwork.com right now, we have a special article on Prince George baseball as well as softball, and it's kind of focused on softball more because that's where we were yesterday morning. Had to be at one, not the other, unfortunately. Can't clone ourselves and be at deep running Glen Allen at the same time. Um, but also the story of the Abernathy sisters, Caitlin and Casey, and how one tried and fell just short of claiming that championship gold and was able to look and see her baby sister do that on Saturday and how overwhelmed her sister was and now how they're going to have to face off against each other at least one year uh, at the college level. It's a great story, and I hope you'll go read it now at rvasportsnetwork.com. But Prince George... Uh, got the lone state baseball championship in the RBA for us on Saturday, and we congratulate the Royals on an incredible season. But what can you say about the Central District in the postseason in baseball? You have Hopewell winning their first-ever regional championship in 3A. You have Thomas Dale going all the way to the state semifinals and losing in extra innings. They were that close to making the state championship game, a run that nobody expected. But what a great run it was. Thomas Dale's softball team making the state championship tournament, getting to the quarterfinals. You realize Region 6B, their baseball and softball championships, were held at Thomas Dale. And I think if you had said in March, hey, both of those championship games are going to be in Chester, a lot of people would have shook their head and said, no way. But great runs there by Thomas Dale, both in baseball and in softball. Dinwiddie, great runs, baseball and softball, and, of course, what Prince George did. And Hopewell, uh, with the boys there in baseball, great, great work by them. And uh, they lost to the eventual state champions in Spotsylvania. Spotsylvania won the tournament uh, in Class 3 on Saturday. Softball, what a season. What else can I say? In Class 4, Powhatan falls to just the powerhouse of that that classification. In Woodgrove, they've been, I think, in now 8 or 9 state championship games in a row, and they've won more than they've lost. And uh, they beat Powhatan 9-1 on Saturday to claim the championship, but a great season for Powhatan, uh, just a phenomenal campaign. Yesterday was the second loss of the year for them. That's it, just their second. And they had a great run. Class 6, Manchester, a great run to the championship. Manchester was the only team to beat Powhatan before Saturday's action, and when Powhatan was playing for the title down southwest Virginia, Manchester was at Glen Allen playing for the Class 6 championship, but James Madison, man, what a powerhouse team from Northern Virginia. They come in, they get five runs in the first, they set the pace and take control, and they never give Manchester a chance to get back into the game. And though the Lancers fell in their quest to win their first state title since 1996 and their first state championship appearance in 22 years, this is a great group, and the majority of them are back in 2019. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch when the Lancers take the field next spring. The story of softball, though, this year, congratulations to Prince George. We talked a little bit about it a moment ago. We'll opine upon it a little bit more. They were 20-0 and going into the region championship a week ago Friday night at uh, Mills Godwin against Lee Davis. It was a 2-1 game, two solo homers for Lee Davis. Prince George scored one early, tried to score a tying run, but a great defensive play by Jesse Gentry, realizing a player was trying to steal a run there at the plate. 
fired it to Logan Hawker. They got her out at the plate. None of us knew at the time that early on that that would have been the tying run and that there would be no more runs in that game once Lee Davis had had their two solo home runs. 2-1 the final. Prince George went to 20-1, but it would prove to be their only loss as Lee Davis would win at home in the state quarters. Prince George would go on the road and shut out Kikatan 4-0. And then in a classic state semifinal that you heard live here on the RVA Sports Network, they were scoreless through six, nothing-nothing. Laura Thompson of Prince George, Savannah Henley of Lee Davis, throwing K after K after K, stifling batters. But Prince George's bottom of the lineup were able to find a way to get balls in play, taking full advantage of every inch of the field. It's kind of like when Bill Walsh came out with the West Coast offense that was kind of um, developed out of what Paul Brown, the great Paul Brown did, of course, longtime coach of the Cleveland Browns, team named after him, and then Art Modell bought him and kicked Paul out. Paul went over to the AFL several years later, founded the Cincinnati Bengals, and his son still owns the Bengals to this day. But it was Paul Brown who was the father of that modern offense that says you can take the pass to open up the run rather than the other way around. And also talked about going back to also Sid Gilman, great AFL coach of the 60s, that not only is the field this long, it's also this wide. And we plan on using every inch of it. And Prince George softball did that. Uh, All three of the big hits in the seventh inning that were base hits, All went down either one line or the other. The critical play of the inning, though, was a squeeze play that worked to perfection. That gave Prince George their first run. And then it was Sarah Thompson who got the other three in with a big hit down the left field line. And, you know, one of the things that that Lee Davis fans were concerned about going into that state semifinal was that they were living and dying by the long ball. It had been a few games since they had put together an inning where you put eight, nine, ten players to the plate. You score four or five runs, and you get that big inning. You know, they've been leaning on solo homers, two-run homers. That's how they won both the region final and the state quarterfinal, and they got a rally going bottom seven, but then it fizzled, and Prince George got the win, and I know Lee Davis very disappointed because they also have a huge senior class, and they thought that this could be their year after finally eliminating Atlee and getting them out of the way after two years of frustrations at state tournament level against their arch rival. Then they ended up playing a team that ended up being their biggest rival this season, a team they lost to in the regular season, beat for the region title. But Prince George prevails in the state semis. Took them into the championship Saturday against Brook Point. Brook Point started a freshman on the hill, or I should say in the circle. Um, and she was just a little shaky. There was a, a, bit, of a bit of a problem going in. It was 2 nothing quickly. And then they decided to go to their veteran pitcher, who had moved for the bulk of the season to the outfield, and the freshman had been pitching on a regular basis. This was nothing unusual. This was the normal lineup for uh, Brook Point. And uh, Prince George took huge advantage. Maddie Quisenberry at the bottom of the lineup gets a huge hit to uh, let in the gap in left center field. And by the time you blink, I mean, some Prince George fans were just sitting down, and they look up at the board, and it's 7 to nothing in the top of the first inning. And... Uh, Prince George Cruz from that point. Laura Thompson didn't have her greatest stuff in the circle on Saturday, but didn't need to, uh, thankfully, if you're a Royals fan, simply because of the big lead that they got, and they were able to stretch it out, even though Brook Point did score in a few innings and try to get back into the game. 11-4 was the final, and uh, when that final out was secured in right field, there was a, a piece of jubilation 
I think that's the most unadulterated joy and jubilation I've seen out of a softball team since Atlee won their first state title three years ago. Uh, that was the one they won out of nowhere. Nobody expected Atlee to take the state championship in 2015. Uh, and when they did, it was just a joy, that the likes of which it's there's something there's something about a first state title. I was talking to Madison Moore of Hanover Girls Tennis last night after they got back in town from Roanoke after winning the state uh, championship again. And I asked her about this year versus last year, and she's like, well, you know, there's nothing like winning it for the first time. Uh, but the second time, to be able to say you've done it back-to-back, it's a different feeling. She wouldn't say it was better. She wouldn't say one was better than the other. But they are different. And when you win one for the first time, there's a feeling about that that you just won't ever get again, even if you win it again. So uh, hats off to an incredible senior class at Prince George who finally get the job done. And again, I hope you'll read our article about Caitlin and Casey Abernathy and Prince George County at rvasportsnetwork.com. Conversely, over at HanoverCountySports.net right now, we have an article up about some of the ladies' teams in the county uh, that did so much and taught so much through their experiences all the way to state tournament play. And we chose three, and i got to tell you, we've already gotten some comments about the fact that the article does not discuss Hanover girls' soccer. And there was no slight meant on us to Hanover girls' soccer. We are huge supporters of Hawk soccer girls. Uh, we've been watching Lauren Didlake and Rachel and, and Coach Manny and, and the girls play. I mean, we did an article in the Herald Progress a few years ago when Rachel was just a freshman and just kind of looking at them and going, man, this team is arriving and arriving quickly and coming out of nowhere. And they almost made the state tournament last year. We were there for a heartbreaking region semifinal loss. Uh, they made it this year. Unfortunately, we weren't able to go to Roanoke and be in Richmond at the same time. So we weren't able to go uh, to the state semifinals, which they lost to Cortland, the team they beat in the regional. The same thing happened to Hanover as it happened to Lee Davis. They lost to the team they beat for the region title in the state semifinals. Uh, but we salute Lauren, Region 4B Player of the Year, Coach Manny Tavares, Region 4B Coach of the Year. Hanover Girls Soccer had a phenomenal season, and we salute them highly. Uh, it's just the only reason why they, they weren't part of the article that you see right now at HanoverCountySports.net was because we weren't at their events or we weren't able to get a chance to sit down and talk to them and, at length once they returned uh, from their state tournament experience. So we did get to see Hanover Girls Tennis last night, met them at the school. Uh, they got the police escort along with uh, the K-9 unit, and I think they were just as excited about meeting Scout, uh, the uh, K-9 on duty for the sheriff's office, as they were to uh, bring that trophy back. They were really, really happy. And Scout got into the team photo that we have currently up on Twitter uh, at Hanover Sports and also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hanover Sports. But uh, talking to them about that first-time versus second-time experience. And then also Atlee Girls Lacrosse and the incredible season that they had that fell a, a goal short in the state championship game uh, on Saturday against Freedom South Riding. Congratulations to the Eagles for the 9-8 win. Uh, Atlee is, is going to be back and back with a vengeance in 2019, even though they lose a few very key players from that team. We talked with Coach Dobson about some of the things that Maybe they were a victim of this year, and one of them being is that they really never had all year long a competitor to the extent of freedom. And it put them in some positions in yesterday's championship match that they had not experienced all season long. 
and that's not a cut against the teams in this area. It happened to be a year where Atley took an unexpected jump. They lost a lot to graduation in 2017, and they you have a freshman goalkeeper, and they have a freshman kind of running the show offensively, and you think, okay, they're going to be a work in progress. They've got some senior leadership, but they lost you know, Savannah Clark. They lost Kylie Eastman. They lost, and you could just name name after name after name, and boom. On our game of the week late March at Cosby, they went down and destroyed the Titans. And suddenly you thought, wow, this team is far ahead of what we thought they would be. And they turn around, go undefeated, get to the state semis, hosted, beat the two-time defending state champions, and you're thinking, okay, they've got a shot here. But uh, they started shaky on Saturday. They committed five first-half turnovers in a stretch to where now Harrison and the defense came up big. Atley scored first. Freedom during that five-turnover stretch only scored twice, so it was just 2-1. There was a 3-0 Atley stretch just before the half, and then Freedom scored with 6.6 to go to make it 5-5 at intermission. They made adjustments to keep Kate Miller from being as successful offensively in the second half as she was in the first. She scored four goals in the first half, only one after halftime. And then a couple of big penalties against Atley late put them two players down, and Freedom had a chance to score and uh, did with about 2.10 to go, and then per- basically ran out the clock uh, to win the state championship. But uh, Atley, I think you know, an offseason, not really as much of soul-searching, but uh, an offseason of confidence knowing we know what we can do. They've got to find some new vocal leaders to replace the likes of Faith Anna and Kellen McGlamory, who will be graduating on Saturday. Um, they need to rely a little less on Kate Miller offensively and Stella Harrison in goal. Coach Dobson told me yesterday maybe we put too much pressure on two freshmen that shouldn't have been that that, that much pressure on them. Um, and I know that they are looking to strengthen their out-of-district schedule for 2019 so that they're not caught in a situation to where their first highly competitive match is the last match of the year with all the big stakes at stake. But it was also a year where some of the teams that normally are very, very good in girls lacrosse in the RVA weren't quite as good. Deep Run was down a bit. Douglas Freeman was down. James River was down. Cosby was down compared to how Atley was. Atley, we did not expect to take such a giant step forward, but they did. So they will be one to watch in 2019. And we, we do talk about a Lee Davis softball team that if you were able to cover them like I did this year, and I didn't get to see them as much as I wanted to, we'll explain how this spring turned out to be nothing what we thought it would be in a moment. Um, but there was just a different vibe, a different feel for this softball team. The senior class was a reason why. Uh, there was an atmosphere of trust and, and commitment and family and love on this Lee Davis softball team that was very special. And had a very emotional conversation post-game Friday with a longtime head coach, Jackie Davis. And you can read all about all of that right now uh, at Hanover County Sports. Net. We mentioned Hanover Tennis. Let's go to tennis and congratulate uh, both the girls for Hanover on their championship, the Maggie Walker girls for the Class 2 title beating Radford, and the Deep Run girls. They win the state championship in team play with the win over Thomas Jefferson S&T of Alexandria. We also had the Hanover boys falling just short, finishing state runner-up uh, in Class 4, as did the Mills Godwin boys in class five then there was soccer holy cow what matches this weekend at glen allen started friday morning when douglas freeman shocked deep run in the class five state girls semis scoring two goals late to win 2-1 
and knocking out a team many thought would win the state championship. And then they got to the title match against Briar Woods, and the defense of Briar Woods was very good. Freeman not able to get on the board, but a phenomenal run to the end, and Freeman ends up as state runner-ups in Class 5 in girls. And then <laughs> Class 5 boys. Nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, you've, you've got, first of all, the semifinal Friday afternoon. You've got deep run Mills Godwin playing for the chance to play for the state championship. Okay, not much bigger stakes than that. The student sections Friday afternoon for both schools rivaled football-sized student sections. The student turnout was phenomenal. Now, I know that a lot of it was seniors who are done. And I know that some of it were a few people who said they had dentist appointments on Friday afternoon. <clears throat> but the teams deserved their support, and they got it. And it was a raucous atmosphere. Deep run looked like they were going to win. Godwin was a player down. They got a free kick and uh, uh, just missed it. And then they got another free kick just before the end of overtime and scored to tie it at 3-3. Uh, and then we went into the golden goal overtimes. You had two five-minute regular overtimes and then two five-minute golden goals. And a deep run comes up with the winner in the third five-minute overtime period for a classic 4-3 to three victory. And then the fates fell on deep run on Saturday in the state championship. They go through all the overtimes after the 80-minute full-time. Tied at three with Albemarle had a great chance near the end of the final five-minute overtime period to win. We have that video up right now on Twitter at Henrico Sports. Uh, two opportunities and a great work by the Albemarle goalie who would end up coming up big in penalty kicks as he saved three deep run shots in a row. Albemarle won 3-0 on penalty kicks to take the state title. Very disappointing for deep run, but a great season for them and a great season for Mills Godwin as well, even though they started off a little slow and they came into the tournament only at the region level as the number three seed. And then the final trophy handed out in the Commonwealth of Virginia on Saturday night was done at Glen Allen as the Cosby Titans used great goalkeeping, two goals in the first half, and then they fight off a furious late Oakton comeback. They scored with about two and a half, maybe uh, two minutes remaining in the match. Uh, and then Oakton had a couple of opportunities to punch the ball in late to try to get a miracle tying goal, and Cosby was able to fend them off, and the Titans celebrate the championship 2-1 the final. What's interesting about this one is, is that so many people through the regular season were watching James River uh, boys soccer and thinking, man, they have got a shot to win it all this year. They were looking fantastic, uh, undefeated in the regular season, you know, et cetera, et cetera, but very quietly, and without much fanfare, and, and Coach Anderson uh, of uh, Cosby talked about basically it was kind of the turn after spring break that things started to gel, uh, and the guys started to win and believe in each other, and then they make the postseason run. James River gets knocked out by Frank Cox in the state quarterfinals on penalty kicks. Cosby destroys Cox in the state semis, and they're able to hold on to get the win. 2-1 the final score. All the final information on, on uh, the state tournaments from the weekend are available right now. State Tournament Central, along with some beautiful trophy picks, I might add, uh, at rvasportsnetwork.com. That is rvasportsnetwork.com. And for all of you who followed not just State Tournament Central, but Region Tournament Central through the postseason, 
thousands of you that turn to rbasportsnetwork.com for scores, schedules, brackets, ticket information, links to live broadcast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we can't thank you enough. We just cannot thank you enough for supporting us and, and for uh, counting on us to get you the information that you want uh, in high school sports in uh, the RBA. And so it comes to a close. Over 290 days worth of action in the 2017-18 season. It feels like we just got started uh, back on the 21st of August of last season. Uh, field hockey that week. Elsie uh, Bird Meadowbrook football was our first game of the week broadcast. The next night it was Hanover Monacan football, and we were off and running. And uh, this season we saw the third consecutive state championship for Highland Springs football in a season where they came in with a lot of question marks out of graduation, but they reloaded. And uh, now this year, they're coming into the 2018 season, I think by far and away the top team in the area. Those, There's a school in Chesterfield County that might like to differ with me on that. But you have the advantage in terms of, of getting a, a higher ranking to me if you've won three state titles and the bulk of who won that third title is back uh, for another season. But uh, we will, we'll talk football when we get to August, my friends. We're looking back right now, not forward. Highland Springs with their... Uh, state championship, Louisa with their incredible run. Uh, they're in class four, finishing runner-up uh, in the final game for head coach Mark Fisher. Uh, and we continue to wish him and his family well. In a class three, what a great postseason run for Hopewell, going all the way to the state championship and claiming the title there at William & Mary back in December. Remember we had to play on Sunday because we had that surprise Friday afternoon, Friday night snowstorm, and it pushed everything back to that Sunday instead of Saturday. And uh, what a Sunday that was prior to the holiday season. And basketball came in and, uh, you know, watched Trinity Episcopal on the private side in boys basketball, Verina on the uh, boys side, public side in Class 5, L.C. Bird primed. And, you know, we had a lot of number one seeds lose early in postseason play and the L.C. Bird boys basketball team was one of the first and maybe the most shocking. And that kind of opened the door up for Verina, even though it seemed like every time Verina turned around, they were having to deal with Highland Springs, their arch rival, who had a, a tough regular season, injury issues, but they were able to right the ship, barely get into the tournament, and then they make this run all the way into the state tournament. And so... Just some great stories on that side. On, on the girls' side, we knew it was going to be a transition season. Uh, you know, Monacan lost so much to graduation. Highland Springs lost a lot, but both of them had new, new blood coming in. Uh, both had good seasons. Uh, both will be back in solid form next year. And then there was Cosby. Cosby, who was able to get back and climb and get to uh, the top in a uh, phenomenal Classics Girls State Championship that we will remember, Marissa Gallagher, for uh, for a very long time. Four championships in five years for Rachel Mead uh, and the Cosby Titans. But uh, my, my goodness, more than just that. Cameron Shears and Sierra Baxter in gymnastics. Tons of state champions individually in swimming and top performances as well. Uh, same thing in wrestling. Uh, same thing in indoor track, outdoor track, and cross country. Field hockey, what a run for deep run in 2017. Volleyball, Patrick Henry does it again. 
with their second straight state championship in the boys' side, moving down from 5-4 to four in 2017. That, that paved the way for Deep Run to make the run, and they claimed the Class 5 state title, and then Cosby was able to grab the Class 6 crown. They were all so much fun to watch. And to watch the Verina boys basketball team win that state championship and Coach Lacey grabbing that trophy. And I've got pictures of him. I was looking at him last night, as a matter of fact. Pictures of him holding that trophy and looking at his team. And again, the joy that is on the face of someone who's won it for the first time. It's a joy that I don't care if you win it ten times. You'll never duplicate how you felt the first time that it happened. And then here in the spring, so many great stories, and a lot of them we've touched on here with the review of state championship weekend. Disappointing endings for some teams. Benedictine out early in the BIS AA state baseball tournament. Manchester a one seed out early. Uh, Mills Godwin a one seed out early because of deep run starting that big Cinderella push into June. Uh, and a lot of changing of the guards going on in sports as well, especially here in the spring. Hanover baseball not making the state tournament for the first time in a very long time. And then the announcement that head coach Charlie Dragum, the only coach in Hanover history, has decided to retire. His son Jack is graduating, heading to the University of Virginia. We don't know coach's next move, uh, but we know he has left a legacy in baseball in Hanover County. That will be hard to duplicate. He not only led Hanover, he also led Atlee for a time, and he was an assistant coach for Kenny Lewis when Lee Davis won the group AAA state championship back in 1997. Charlie Dragum has left a huge legacy at Hanover Baseball and in Hanover County, and arguably in baseball in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and he definitely will be missed. Although he has a strong staff at Hanover, and I suspect that one of the assistants will step up uh, and be the new head coach in 2019. And at least softball, a three-year championship run coming to an end. They get a win in their first region game, and then for the right to go back to states, they run into the Lee Davis team that this year was just simply deeper and stronger and better. But at least softball will be back. There's no doubt about that. They'll have some more graduation losses to deal with, but um, I know there are some more very talented young softball players coming up in Hanover County. And uh, the Hanover County softball community is alive and well and will be heard from again in 2019 uh, and beyond. But what a year, fans, and you've been through us, uh, through it all with us, and uh, we've been there with you, and, and we've thoroughly enjoyed bringing as much coverage as possible with you. Now, I told you at the outset of the uh, podcast, the podcast was going to be the podcast about why there hasn't been a podcast <laughs> recently. So... Let's do some house cleaning, shall we? I think there's um, there's some uh, things we need to talk about and some explanations that I need to give to you so you understand. As you know, and we've stated it many times on this podcast, we are not a big company. We are not a corporate conglomerate. We are not owned by blah, blah, and a blah, blah, and this and that and the other. Uh, HCS Media LLC is literally owned by my wife. Literally. I'm serious. I'm I'm not even part of it. She's the 100% owner of the LLC. Uh, it's my responsibility to run the network and to do all the tweets and the Facebook post and the Instagram post and get the live broadcast ready and do the podcast and get the, get the websites you know, updated and whatnot and talk with the ADs and the coaches and, and schedule the broadcast. All of those things are the things that, that I work on as part of this endeavor, which is 
really a labor of love. It really is. We we have been mulling some major changes in the uh, behind the scenes area of of HCS Media for some time, and the plans had to be put on hold uh, late March because. Um, Honestly, my life changed in late March, and some of you know the story, and many of you do not. Uh, but in the span of two days, uh, in, in the uh, last week of March, I lost my, uh, my job at what was the Hanover Herald Progress newspaper. You heard us mention that on many occasions over the years. It ceased publication after 137 years at the end of March, and we learned of its demise with exactly... No notice whatsoever. Uh, my deadline to write was always Monday nights. Uh, the word came down on Tuesday afternoon that the Thursday edition would be its last one. And so we didn't didn't get a chance to say goodbye to our readers, didn't get a chance to do anything uh, of that sort. And then the following day, learning the shocking passage of my sister, who was four days short of her 58th birthday, um, something that none of us saw coming, um, and, and completely stunned everyone in our family. So we, we took some time over spring break, and we usually, you know, are out, that, out there at the Deep Run Baseball Classic pretty much all three days. We were there for the Monday night game between Deep Run and St. Chris, had that live here on the network, and then we took some time to kind of regroup and gather with family, and, and we did the, did the funeral for my, for my sister. And in, in the midst of all that, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, how do I replace the job that I've just lost? And so all of that was happening while you were enjoying spring break. And we got out of spring break, and, and we were working feverishly on how our plans would go and how we would make sure that the network would keep going. That was a prime consideration, that, that we needed to make sure that we were able to keep this endeavor happening. Uh, this is not an endeavor that makes money. This, this is not. It, we, we do not make money on the network. In fact, honestly, to tell you, um, you know, it was the work doing with the newspaper that allowed me to fuel what we were doing here with RBASN. So now it was a question of how do we keep connect the dots, so to speak. And, and um, the, you know, the Lord opened windows <coughs> when the door closed. And uh, we knew it, we knew that would happen. It was just a matter of exactly what and how. And there were some very interesting windows. Uh, we began getting um, over from the radio station I work at at WHAN in Ashland. We do our game of the week football, have been since 2002. Uh, we received overtures from the, the wonderful people at Atlee Little League about possibly broadcasting games for them for the first time ever on the radio. And that came to fruition rather quickly. And by the middle of April, we were doing a game of the week, and we had a wonderful time with the Little League. And we're working right now and hoping that we're going to be able to do some of the District 5 tournament games uh, coming up late June, early July on 102.9 FM, 102.9 The Mater. So we'll keep you posted on that should that come to fruition. But we are, fingers crossed, hoping that that will work out and uh, we can get some, some people who will sponsor that and we'll be able to spotlight Little Leagues from across the Richmond area as they play for the right to go. Uh, to the Virginia State Tournaments. That, that all gets underway at the Atlee Little League Complex. They host them all this year uh, on June the 22nd. We also, along the way, uh, struck up a wonderful friendship with a friendly competitor, uh, and that's our good buddy Dave Lawrence, who is the sports editor of uh, both the Mechanicsville Local, the Hanover Local, as well as the King William Local. And um, they, they wanted us to come on board and uh, be a part of their, their freelance team, and we made that happen. 
And while that was going on, uh, we also received overtures from uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And um, over the last, what, six weeks, we have uh, spent many nights downtown at the sports desk. I've talked to many of you coaches when you have called in scores. Uh, We have uh, worked with the Times-Dispatch in that endeavor. Uh, The latest endeavor I'm working with them on right now is um, uh, one of their all-metro teams. And I'm going to be very honored to be able to write one of the all-metro articles that you'll see coming up either the end of June or or the uh, first week um, of July. And through all of this, and then on top of that, you know, let's not forget that in January, I was approached by my, my longtime friend and colleague, Bob Black, uh, about joining a new morning show that he co-hosts on ESPN Richmond and coming on once a week to talk about high school sports and thus became RVA Locals Only, uh, which airs every Friday at 9.30 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Bob Black, Andrew Wallace, the Black and Drew Sports Huddle, they're on weekdays 8 to 10. 9.30 on Fridays, they let me in the building for whatever reason. And uh, we get a chance to talk about high school and local sports. We talk to high school coaches, student athletes. We've had former players uh, from the area on the show. We had Quentin Spain of the Tennessee Titans on with us just a couple of weeks ago. And looking to add some more good guests here as we wound down into the uh, end of June here in the next few weeks. And so, so many changes going on and so much happening it's been very difficult uh to to be able to sit down on sunday and go okay let's carve out a couple of hours here and get a podcast in uh we also knew that we were kind of satisfying a podcast desire of sorts with rva locals only because we were able to give you the latest high school news uh it's always available in the audio vault at espnrichmond.com in case you can't listen live on fridays at 9 30 in the morning you can go back and listen to it anytime and so it was really great to have Eric Kalinich from the Times-Dispatch uh, on RVA Locals Only live from Glen Allen this past Friday morning. We had a great conversation and a really good time. And so, I, again, I mentioned this at the outset, and we mean this with every inch of our being. Our endeavor here at the RVA Sports Network is about the student-athletes that we cover. It is about their hard work, their dedication, their determination – whether their team goes 2-18 and 18 and doesn't make the playoffs or they go 20-0 and 0 and all the way to the state championship. They all get up early. They all practice. They all practice hard. They all study late at night when other people are sleeping because they were studying while they were practicing. They're up running laps. They're up swimming laps long before I'd ever think of getting up in the morning. All of that to compete at the high school level. And for the vast majority of those high school students, this athletic endeavor is their last. Most of them won't go on to college. Most of them don't get a signing ceremony. This is it for them. And they want to experience it to the fullest. And we want to shine a light on as many accomplishments as we humanly possibly, possibly can. So... Uh, With all of the changes that happened in my life personally, uh, as well as with some of the new opportunities for the network in recent months, that tells you why Central Region Now has not been with you here for the last couple of months. Now, the podcast is certainly in our plans for the 2018-19 year. We are just trying to determine how best to do it so that, A, it serves a purpose and a good one for you so that it's a must-listen part of your week. Uh, And at the same time, it's something that we can make sure that we have time to do and do it well and do it right and do it as best as we possibly can. Not interested in throwing a podcast up just for the sake of saying we have a podcast up. 
We either want to have solid and good information and good interviews, et cetera, or we're not going to do it at all. So we're in a summer here this year of some transition, both behind the scenes and otherwise. Now, this summer, we will go forward as we do every year. Uh, we want to do voting and find out what you think the team of the year is, the game of the year is, and the story of the year is. And we'll have your top 10 and our top 10 over the next 30 days at rvasportsnetwork.com. We, of course, will have coverage of American Legion Baseball, the GRAL Swimming Tournaments, and weekly events are coming up starting this week. Uh, we mentioned Little League. We're probably going to do a lot of District 5 coming up soon. And on top of that, we have an opportunity here in the next 10 weeks to kind of, can you hear my, my puppy, Ellie, out barking in the, uh, yeah, my, my studio is an offshoot of my bedroom. And if the door's open, you can hear my girl, Ellie, out in the living room. <laughs> One of the two, she's the official RBA Sports Network mascot for women's sports. And, of course, Harry J., my 14-and-a-half-year-old Shih Tzu, he is the official RBA Sports Network mascot for men's sports. So, anyway, uh, over the summer, we're going to be doing some regrouping, some rethinking, some reorganizing so that we can come back and cover high school sports for you and other sports as well uh, in 2018-19, better than ever, more efficient than ever, uh, and and also you know taking advantage of, of opportunities that we have, and also being very very appreciative of the um, of the partnerships that we have. And I want to take a minute and say to those partners, to WHAN Radio, who has been a part of our life now since 2002, and uh, we've had the game of the week for high school football there coming up on 17 seasons now when we get back into action in August. To NBC12, to Mark Davis, to Kim Greenwich, and everyone over there uh, at, 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 at a wonderful television station who has been a partner with us in high school football since 2013. Uh, we expanded the partnership into those Facebook Lives midweek and on late Friday nights that were s- just such a big success last year. And we thank them for that opportunity. We thank ESPN Richmond, Bob Black, and Andrew Wallace, and GM Marshall Landis and everyone there at Urban One for the opportunity to bring you RVA locals only each and every Friday. And again, that will continue at least through the month of June. And we may take a bit of a hiatus over the summer, and then we will return hopefully uh, mid-August or so and get you ready for high school football. And the uh, and the new synergy that we now have with not only the Richmond Times-Dispatch and our friends at 804 Varsity, but as well as with Richmond Suburban Newspapers, with Dave and, and now riding with and for the Mechanicsville and Hanover locals, uh, with our friend Billy Fellin, who handles the Goochland and the Powhatan papers. Um, it, it's great to see the Richmond media community kind of melding together and coming together to focus on the coverage for the kids. That's what it's all about. That's one thing when you're talking about NFL and NBA and Redskins coverage in town. And, you know, professional sports is one thing. Big-time college sports is one thing. But when it comes to high school, you know, we, we all need to be grounded and we all need to just focus on the accomplishments of some wonderful young men and women who will be the next generation in the RVA. And um, it's been really, really fun to see these relationships grow over the years and, and here in the last several months uh, when it comes to others. And I want to give a, a, a big thanks to uh, all of them. We mentioned the guys at NBC12, ESPN Richmond, Bill Roberts, Calvin Cecil, WHAN Radio. Uh, at the Times-Dispatch, Michael Phillips, the sports editor. Eric, of course, the high school sports reporter. His staff, and Mackenzie and Charlie and Adam, Joe just coming on board. 
They're fun to work with, great to be around. They do a great job. If you don't follow 804 Varsity on Twitter, you need to. It is a must-follow, I believe, along with uh, the RBA Sportsnet or any of our hyper-local feeds that you want to cover, uh, uh, follow, depending upon what school you go to and who you're following, whether you're a fan of a school in Chesterfield, Hanover, or Henrico. But uh, absolutely, if you don't have 804 Varsity on your Twitter, you definitely need to do it. So big thank yous to them. i got to give a big thank you to all of our interns for the 2017-18 year. Cameron Taylor, Noah Matthews, who, who later named, they even got their own hashtag and nicknames. They're known as Cookies and Cream now in Lee Davis High School as they get to set to, to graduate and head off to college. They did phenomenal work for us this year, along with Andy Losey over at Hanover. Did great work for us, was our embedded reporter with Hanover Boys Tennis as he was part of the team here in the spring. Cameron, too, with Lee Davis Boys Tennis. Um, great job there. Callie Yost over at Clover Hill, who unfortunately had some health issues over the winter, and we had to get her right and better so that she could enjoy her final semester. Uh, she's enjoyed graduation now. She is a graduate. She is a, a Cavalier alum on her way to college, and can't wait to hear about great things for Callie. She did the, such great work for us uh, during football season. So thankful for her. Sepp Shirey, what an inspirational story he was this year. Easily the most inspirational story of the 17-18 season with his touchdown run against Verina there near the end of the season at Atley. Well, he's also done great work for us here uh, with our, our internship program. All of our interns this year and in years past, we thank you so much. And the 2018-19 application process for RVA Sports Network interns is now open. We've already heard from a couple of people and sent them the application. If you are thinking about a career in sports broadcasting, sports journalism, writing, um, social media, marketing, any of that, and you feel like what we do at the RVA Sports Network is something that could enhance your resume and give you some experience to help you know what direction you really want to go in. Because I'll tell you now, if you are aspiring to be a journalist, you have to know more than just how to write. You've got to know how to edit video. You've got to know how to edit audio. You've got to know how to tweet. You've got to know how to Instagram, Snapchat, and whatever the next social media giant might be. And you've got to know it better than the next guy. There's a reason television reporters are no longer called television reporters. They are called MMJs. MMJs stand for Multimedia Journalists, which means I can tell you the story, I can report the story, I can interview the people involved, and I can edit and get the, the, uh, the video shot and put down together into a package with no help whatsoever. You need to be as flexible as possible and know as much as possible. And our internship program does everything we can to give you at least a, a taste of as many areas of journalism as possible. So the 1819 internship program application process is underway. We've already, as we mentioned, heard from a couple of people. All you have to do is send us a direct message on any of our Twitter feeds, on any of our Twitter feeds, and we'll be glad to send you the application process. To all of our reporters, and if I start trying to name them, I'll miss a ton. Uh, and I, So I'm not going to try, but you know who you are. From public address announcers to assistant coaches to trainers to managers to players who were injured, to students who went to every game, to parents, to grandparents, to aunts, to uncles. I, you name it, we've had them all. And that is truly why we call ourselves the RBA Sports Network, because it is a network, it is a volunteer army that is out literally every night watching games, 
and sending information to us when we are at other events to keep you posted across our social media channels. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. An incredible thanks to every school activities director. We mentioned some of them at the outset with the uh, state tournament just gone by. We thank you all of them. I know they get tired of seeing my emails when I'm asking, do you have the all-region team, or can we come broadcast a volleyball game a week from Thursday night? But they're always so accommodating to help us shine the light on their student-athletes, and we are so grateful. To the coaches who give us the time to send us team information forms and update us on players and talk to us after games and join us on post-game shows, we thank them, too. And finally and most of all, to each of you, our fans, those of you who follow us on Twitter, who join us on Instagram, on our Facebook pages, wherever you find us, our website, If you listen to us on Fridays on ESPN Richmond, if you join us for Facebook Live during football season with NBC 12, uh, read our articles in the Mechanicsville or the Hanover Local now, and all the years you read them in the Herald Progress, we thank you, too, uh, for all that you have done. And uh, look forward, really do, to 2018 and 19. i got a couple of final thoughts that have nothing to do whatsoever with high school sports or what we've done at the RBA Sports Network. Well, the final thought has a little bit to do with it. But i got a, a few thoughts because I haven't had a chance to really talk to you guys about anything in the world of sports because we haven't been doing the podcast. And when we're on the radio, it's been all about local sports, and that's all cool. But I want to say a couple of quick things. Uh, number one, congratulations to Justify. Um you you are in an era where I was when I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, we had gone, what, 25 years without a Triple Crown winner? And I remember Secretariat winning the Triple Crown in 1973. I was almost six years old, and it was huge, and I remember it because, of course, Secretariat was based here in the Richmond area up at a farm, which is now the site of the State Fair of Virginia across from King's Dominion. So Secretariat was not only a major story, it was a local story. Then we had Seattle Slough in 1977, and then we had the incredible three races of the Triple Crown the next year between Affirmed and Aladar. Neck and neck, both of them, all three races, and Affirmed won all three to win the Triple Crown. And we had had three Triple Crown winners in what? One, two, three, four, five, six years. Three and six, and we thought, wow, this is incredible. (laughs) And then we went, what, 37 years without a Triple Crown winner until three years ago? And now this year, Justify. So only 13 of them in history. And, and for those of you who follow horse racing recently, you've had a chance to see two of them in a short period of time. And that's only happened twice in my lifetime, and I'm going to be 51 years old in two weeks. So you're in the midst of a golden era in horse racing. You're also in the midst of a golden era in the NBA for all the right reasons and all the wrong reasons. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors three championships in four years. One of the reasons why I continue to not have a problem with the Warriors is that they were built organically. Um, You know, in 2010, 11, 12, 13, when everybody was talking about the big three in Miami and they were going to the finals every year and, you know, they played Dallas and then they'd play San Antonio. Quietly, they're building Golden State, you know, with with Curry. and, And then there's Green and, and, you know, they're putting the pieces together. And then all of a sudden, boom, in 2015, they're on the scene. They win the championship. Should have won it all in 16 and let it get away. 
And then they went over to the other side and they did do the little superstar other piece and grab Kevin Durant. And, of course, at that point, they became a really formidable team and had no problem winning last year. Now, ironically, let's face it, if Chris Paul is not injured, Houston might be playing Cleveland for the championship this year. So while three titles in four years for the Warriors is an incredible accomplishment, and I do consider that to be, I think if you win three championships in four years in any sport in that length of time, that can be considered a dynasty. It may not be a dynasty for the ages. It may be more of a mini dynasty. Uh, But if you win three out of four, you need to be lauded. The problem right now is that it seems like most of the talk in the NBA is about where's LeBron James going to go. And while I will tell you that LeBron had one of the most impressive playoff runs in the history of the National Basketball Association this year, and I hear people talk all the time about, you know, he's the greatest of all time, and he'd kill this and he'd kill that. I read Twitter, guys. I read Twitter a lot. I see what you guys are talking about. And you know what? You're, you tend to go and you, you tend to support the players you grow up with. It's kind of like music. You think the music that you listened to in high school is the greatest music ever. And I can tell you right now, those of you listening to me and you're 15 to 25 years old, when you're in your 50s, like I am now, my early 50s, you're going to look back at this era in music and go, man, this the music when I was in high school and college, that was the greatest ever. This mess they got on today, I don't understand that mess. I, 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 you're going to sound like me. Now, I like some of the music today. Not a lot, but I like some of the music today. But I, I'm just a 70s, 80s fan. It's what I grew up on. So we translate that, a lot of us, to sports. So we have to be careful because if we do that, you know, music's one thing because that's all about taste and, and style and, and whatnot. But when it comes to doing it in sports, it's accomplishment versus accomplishment. Is LeBron James better than Larry Bird? I'd say yes. Even though I think Larry Bird's one of the toughest basketball players ever to play, one of the best big-time shooters in the history of the game. Uh, and, and, and he's got as many rings as LeBron does. Larry's got three and LeBron's got three. Okay, uh, but in tr- terms of just watching them, sit down and watch film of them, you know, is James a better player overall? Eh, answers, yes. Is he better than Kareem? Uh, no. Is he better than Bill Russell? That's a totally different era. The NBA had, what, 12 teams back then? So, you know, it was easy for the Celtics to get to the championship every year in the 60s. You know, conversely, they had Wilt Chamberlain over at the Sixers every year, but he kept getting beat by Bill Russell. You know, so Chamberlain, easily one of the 10 best players in NBA history. It's not even an argument, but he doesn't have the championship pedigree to, to be able to, you know. So long story short, I'm happy for the Warriors. I'm sorry that they're discussion about their legacy and their current dynasty is going to be completely overshadowed again by where's LeBron James going to play next year? And is LeBron one of the five, ten best players in NBA history? Absolutely. Where in that top five, top ten? We won't know until it's done. Um, I don't know where he goes. He may stay in Cleveland because of his kids. He may go to Philly because he thinks it's its best chance to, to win. I don't think he's going to a West Coast team. Uh, why would LeBron go to the Western Conference and have to deal with Houston, Golden State, etc., unless he can get to a team that he feels like he would be the final piece of a puzzle. And is there really a team out west that is that way? The Lakers certainly aren't. I don't really think New Orleans is. Uh, 
So, you know, Philadelphia makes sense. Staying in Cleveland makes sense. And then trying to figure out a way to pick up the pieces there. Um, but for all the accolades that people have been giving LeBron about his tournament run this year, his playoff run, I do want to remind you of this. And, and, and shout at me at Twitter if you want to, and I have no problem with that. We can always agree to disagree. And I'm, I'm not a hot take guy. This is just a personal opinion. I am no Colin Cowherd or ugh, Stephen A. I'm no... I don't do that mess, but I, I, I have been sitting watching a lot more NBA this year than I have in past years, and it used to be I didn't follow the NBA at all, and I started following it again about three, four years ago because I was talking about, seeing a lot of talk about it on Twitter. I was seeing a lot of you guys talk about it, so I thought, okay, I need to really kind of catch up and see what's going on, and it was near the end of the San Antonio run, and Golden State was ascending, and, and there we go. And I'm a Denver Nugget fan. I've had no reason to care for a long, long time, Okay even though we got a couple of nice little shiny pieces right now where we have no hope. But anyway, LeBron's run this year, we have to remember the following. Number one, it almost ended in the first round. Number two, uh, they had the weakest number one seed in terms of, of, of a conference, maybe in the history of the National Basketball Association in Toronto. I don't care if they won 59 games. They just are not that good of a team. So you put LeBron in there with enough cast of characters who can support him enough on nights, and they win. And not only do they win, he gets in their head like nobody. He owns Toronto. He's been, I mean, he's been paying rent in Toronto's head for years. But holy cow, he purchased them this year. It was crazy. And then it took game seven for him to get them out of Boston when Boston didn't have their two best players, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. So... It was kind of paved that the start of the playoffs, everybody's talking about, oh, is LeBron going to get there? Are they even going to get out of the first round? I'm sitting back thinking back in April. I remember thinking to myself, he's going to play in June. Is Do you really think these other teams are going to actually have enough to beat him? So in that sense, it makes his run incredible. On the other hand, I think it it, it marks down his run a little bit because let's put it this way. If it's 1982 – and you are Julius Irving and the Philadelphia 76ers. To get to the championship, you've got to beat Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge, and the Boston Celtics. Okay? Um, if you are Michael Jordan, to get to the championship in 1988, you got to play or beat Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, uh, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge, and the Boston Celtics, even though they're aging. And you've also got to beat Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, Isaiah Thomas, and the Detroit Pistons. And so even a guy like Jordan, it took him how many years to get finally to the NBA final? He was drafted in 84. His first finals were in 91. But it took so long because he had so much unbelievable Hall of Fame competition to deal with in his conference. Imagine if LeBron and his Cavaliers had transported back in time into the 1980s and their first-round opponent was... Um, Let's say it was Dominique Wilkins and the Atlanta Hawks, or if it was Bernard King and Patrick Ewing and the New York Knicks. I'm just throwing names out. And then in the semifinals, he had to go against Dr. J, Moses Malone, uh, Mo Cheeks, Billy Cunningham, and the 76ers. And then if he got to the Eastern Conference Finals, he had to play Bird, McHale, Parrish, et cetera, et cetera. That's where I feel bad for LeBron because he put on a show for the ages this year but it's going to be mitigated to a point because you can look at the opponents he had and they were either scared to death of him or they didn't have all the pieces. And that's another reason why some people are not going to look at the Warriors the way that maybe they should deserve to be looked at because a lot of people are walking around today saying 
The Warriors shouldn't have been in the championship to begin with. Chris Paul healthy, and Houston wins that Western Conference final. So going to be an interesting offseason in the NBA, and that's something I haven't heard out of my mouth in a very long time. NHL, I'm not a Caps fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Never did like Alex Ovechkin. Sorry, Rachel DePompa. Sorry. Just never was a Capitals fan here recently. Loved them when I was a kid. Loved them when I was a kid. I shared a story on ESPN Richmond Friday morning. I can re- The morning after they won the Stanley Cup, I can remember in 1982. Uh, it's summertime. I'm getting ready to start high school. And the Washington Capitals were in so much financial trouble. They'd only been around for eight years that the late, great sportscaster George Michael did sports on the NBC affiliate in Washington, D.C. for decades. He hosted a telethon to raise money and to sell season tickets to keep the Washington Capitals afloat. Think about that. That was in 1982, a telethon on TV begging people to buy season tickets so that the Capitals would not go out of business. And it would be another 36 years, but it finally paid off last week with the Stanley Cup. And now watching Ovechkin and them with the Cup, I'm happy for them because I am happy when a team wins something for the first time. And we've seen that here recently with the Houston Astros winning their first World Series. Now the Capitals grab their first Stanley Cup. I think that's great. When the Warriors won in 15 and they won their first NBA title in 40 years, I thought that was fantastic. I remember when they won the championship in 75, sweeping the then Washington Bullets. So when we have new teams winning championships for the first time, I think it's great. I think the story of the Vegas Golden Knights was nothing short of insane. Uh, It was exactly what that town needed after the devastating tragedy that happened just before their season started. I know it didn't end the way they wanted it to, but they certainly have an incredible foundation to build on uh, for years to come. And I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue in the offseason in the National Hockey League. The Caps are going to have a hard time trying to go back-to-back simply because they're starting to get older. That window, we know people were talking. You listened to when they lost to Pittsburgh in the postseason the last few years. People were talking, the window's closing, the window's closing. And now they, before that window closed on their fingers while they were trying to keep it open, they got the cup. Now the question is, are they going to be able to go through that arduous eight-month run back to the cup? It's hard to do. It is really, really hard to do. Especially when you got a lot of teams that are just a few players away, and, and you look at a team at what the, how the Golden Knights did this year. I mean, they came out of nowhere. As great as the Edmonton Oilers were playing in the playoffs a year ago, I thought to myself, they could be in the Stanley Cup final this year, and then they imploded. It's like, what happened to them? Didn't even make the playoffs. So the NHL is getting into a cycle right now, which I think is a good one, to where 10, 12, 14, 16 teams can have legitimate hopes of making the Stanley Cup finals. And Vegas has proven that even some of the teams that nobody thinks can win You find a couple of key free agents. You pick up a veteran goalkeeper if you need them. Uh, You get some good draft picks. You bring them along at a good, you know, and within a year or two, you've got an opportunity to go deep into the postseason. So that will be a lot of fun to watch. I'm also following baseball a lot more because so many of you talk about baseball uh, on Twitter. And, you know, my year is already over because the Orioles have no hope. <laughs> uh, so you Yankee and Red Sox fan, y'all can talk all summer long, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm thinking right now. You know, it'd be great if the Nationals could finally pull through and, and, get, and get to the World Series. Um, 
Braves are looking good. I'm excited about that young team and for the Braves fans, and there's still plenty of them here uh, in the Richmond area. But, again, I'd also like to see a team that nobody expects and maybe a team that's never won the series before to do. Like the Seattle Mariners have played so well early on, and my buddy Mark Davis at NBC12 grew up in that area, huge Seattle fan. I'd love nothing more than uh, for the Seattle Mariners to win a World Series for my buddy Mark. I, You know, I've, I've watched – my teams win. I, they haven't won recently, that's for sure. But I got very blessed as a kid, as a teenager. Uh, I watched NC State win the Miracle National Championship. You know, the, the, Oiler, the, the Orioles won the World Series in 83. Uh, the, my Raiders won three Super Bowls back in that era. And, and for a time, man, I thought that was just the way life was. And that's not the way life is because I've not seen a whole lot in recent years, obviously. So, it would, it would tickle me and do my heart good to, to watch that happen. What would really tickle my heart the most would be if the Cincinnati Bengals could ever win the Super Bowl because that's my daughter's favorite team. Now, the San Francisco 49ers are my son's favorite team. He hasn't seen them win one. He knows they've won five. He saw them lose Super Bowl 47. I'd be tickled pink if they won for him. It would be his first experience, but I'd really be tickled for my daughter, not because it's my daughter over my son, but it's because the Bengals have never won the Super Bowl, the 49ers have. But, wow, a lot to talk about in the offseason. And we'll, uh, we'll do that on Twitter. Uh, we'll get into the conversation every once in a while. As we like to say in our Twitter profile, we give you all the sports news, keep you posted on what's going on, podcast, live broadcast, and whatever you are talking about. So thank you, everybody, for an incredible 2017-18 season. Looking forward to 2018-19. There are some new things in the works. There may be some changes coming up. If there are, of course, we'll keep you posted. And our Central Region Now podcast will be back in some way, shape, or form later in the month of August as our official women's sports, um, <laughs> our official mascot of women's sports, Ellie, has come in. And she has a dog toy in her mouth so as not to bark at the end of the podcast. <laughs> All right, my friends, thanks for being with us. Thanks for an incredible 2017-18 year. Again, a couple of good wrap-up articles right now, one on HanoverCountySports.net and one at RVASportsNetwork.com. We are back Friday on RVA Locals Only, 9.30 on ESPN. That's 99.5-1027 ESPN. Also 9.50 on the AM dial and live online at ESPNRichmond.com. Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RBA Sports Network, solely intended for the private use of our audience, any rebroadcast or other use without the express written consent of HCS Media LLC, is a big no-no. Because you got to deal with my wife. I, I talked about that earlier in the show. Rob Witham saying thanks so much for a great year, and we'll talk to you again on the podcast in August. <laughs>